Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Wednesday night. Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. How's it going? Hey, t- t- mate, 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 mate. This is my show. This isn't Tone Talk. This is my show. How are you guys Dude. going? Oh, I'm so sorry. I totally <laughs> forgot. You know, <laughs> I thought there is no chance that I would ever be good enough to be a guest on your show. So why not invite you guys onto my show? So thank you guys for coming on. How's oh things? my God. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having yeah. us. Things are good. No problem. No Things problem. Are fine, I guess. Guys, I'm going to launch right in. How did you guys meet up and get uh, Tone Talk started? Well, so, uh, you want to answer that, Dave? Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, so, Mark was a, uh, a co host on a different show that I was on, um, which is now called something different, and I don't even remember what the original name was. And. <laughs> So uh, he was on it, and uh, then we were friendly from that show, and and, uh, he said he was leaving that show. And uh, I said, oh, hmm, well, why don't we do one? Why don't we do a show, you know? But here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You have to do the logistics of everything because (laughs) I, I just don't have the time in my day to you know set it up do it book guests and things like that and and uh and and he said yes and yeah uh, (laughs) i was thrilled and that and there we go and now it's been how long now has it been three years has it been three years already three years yeah we're going on our 70th episode wow wow how did you guys find it at first were you a bit sort of nervy doing it but mark you said you've been doing it for a while I did it for about six months co-hosting on another show, you know, so, but I wasn't running the logistics of it at all. So that other, you know, the other person was running the, all the background, you know, doing the show and all the, the electronics and stuff, you know, programming and everything. And I, uh, so I had to pretty much learn that as best I could in the time frame when Dave said, Hey, do you want to do it? Uh, I think Dave assumed that I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. Uh, I, I learned that you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting okay. there. You, you do better there. than me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I think I do pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's been it's been great. I mean, we, you know, we started right off the bat with Grover Jackson, so it's been, you know, for me it was a home run right for the start. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, I couldn't believe when Dave asked me actually because that was the last thing I ever expected. Yeah. Um, I was really just quitting and quitting a show and saying, "Hey, just want us to stay connected and be, you know, continue to be friendly." And Dave's like, "Well, hang on a second. <laughs> I was like, "Really? You really want to do that?" So yeah, it was. It's been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun. Cool, cool, Mark. I'm just having a look at your your room there. You, you got is that your little man cave at home? Is it? Yeah, yeah. So this is like my comic book room, music room, escape. I used my wife and I used to share this and she had a desk on the other side and slowly but surely i moved her out of here <laughs> took over cool yeah my my daughter uh my daughter moved out she went to college so uh so my wife now has her room and i've got my little my little room which is fun nice it's like yours i like your little setup yeah this is this is actually my lounge room believe it or not um nice always been i, I like to work from home and have the convenience of just being able to Get up from the lounge, which is just over there. It's my kitchen, etc. 
yeah, I'm a sucker for convenience, so I like to do it like that. That's awesome. Yeah, and where whereabouts do you do yours from, Dave? You're at your workshop, or usually? Uh, no, well, I used to, uh, a lot of times I was at my workshop, but now I have set up a workshop at my house, so I have my own man cave. Although you can't see all of it in the picture here, but um, and it's too hard to move my computer to show you. Yeah, yeah. Is that? <laughs> but I have yeah. a work. I have a desk, a workbench, and a bunch of guitars on a wall over there, over here, and uh, it's a small room though. It's only yeah, I don't know, twelve feet by twelve feet or something. It's a, just a small bedroom size uh-huh. room. Is that yeah. your mystical? Plexi behind you that I see. It is. It is. It's sixty-eight fifty-watt plexi. Yep. Mm. Nice. And below it is a Jose modded hundred-watt Marshall. And that's your. And that's yours also. Yeah, that's mine also. And then uh, uh, below that is a, a, a old early seventies uh, basket weave cabinet with not basket weave. I'm sorry, checkerboard cabinet with um, black back. 30 watt 55 hertz celestians and then mm-hmm. i have another cabinet on the other side of the room it's a black back which was the 25 75 hertz uh celestians also checkerboard i recently got those on some really great deals <laughs> well I mean, what do you prefer i i wanted i when when i was growing up i had cabinets like that all day long you know it could be because they you know was a dime a dozen. I mean, they were, you know, they were three hundred and fifty dollars or something. You know, at the time when I was growing up in the eighties, you know, it wasn't that much big deal. It's just a checkerboard cab. You know, you didn't think much of it. So I didn't have any more of these old cabs. So I kind of was like, I really want some old cabs, <laughs> and I really want them to be blackbacks, actually, too. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to find. A deal fell in my lap. As someone, someone that I had done some business with said, hey, there's this pawn shop mm. that has um, all these Marshall cabinets and other things, heads and things. And uh, I mean, I think it was something like six checkerboard cabinets or something wow. uh, that were for sale. And they'd been sitting in the pawn shop for something like 18 years Whoa. in store in storage. So I'm like, okay. He goes, I bought one. I'm like, well, how much? <laughs> how much are they? You know? And it was, uh, it was like, I think one cabinet was a little cheaper than the other for some reason. I don't know. I think the first, I think they, he got a little greedier as it went on, but, uh, <laughs> um, $600 and $700 is what I paid for each of those cabinets. Cool. Wow. And and that's a bargain considering these cabinets are probably more like a $1,500 cabinet on, on, on the fair market, you know. Um, right. So, of course, at that time, even though I didn't want to spend any money, I had to buy them. And then I told Pete Thorne, and then Pete Thorne bought one. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? Because I saw Pete had... Had one. I was wondering if yeah. he had borrowed it yeah. from you, but yeah, okay, yeah. he bought one. George Lynch bought one. <laughs> In the know. Yeah, so yeah. we just all went the crazy. Yeah, guys, you, you've had some really cool guests over the years. Who's had the best stories? Who do you look back on and just go, "Man, 
how cool was that and how was the story? So I, one springs to mind for me, uh, but I'd like to hear from you guys who, who you, your favorite guest has been. Well, um, hmm. well, you could categorize it a little differently. Artists, uh, amp, amp builders and or luthiers. Uh, Grover Jackson had great stories. Um, mm -hmm. That was a that was a great episode. It, it was quite good. Um, I quite enjoyed Stevie Fryette's episode and John Sir's episodes. Those were also you know great informative episodes um, that were great. I mean Pete, you know, but maybe the ultimate <laughs> debaucherous episode was the Jakey e. Lee episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you've watched it, you understand what I mean. <laughs> Not to the end. I, I didn't watch it to the end, but I'm going to. I saw everybody oh. talking about it. So I'm oh, going to. yeah. It, it, after the first two hours, that's when it starts getting good. Okay. I have to watch some <laughs> That's when it. you see Dave go down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Dave go down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> In yeah, person, no, but. that was not 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 to the same extent. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's that embarrassing, huh? Watching yourself drunk. Yeah, I yeah yeah that 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 was going too far, and I yeah, but you know. But you know what? You were you were in a hotel room with Jakey e. Lee. It was in a hotel room with Jakey e. Lee, and we were both drinking heavily. Yeah. How so, can you not um, pass that? Out? <laughs> you know. But but here's the funny thing about that stuff. So um, people love watching the train wreck. <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and 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 people. So many people said that by far was the best episode we've ever done. Really? I mean, I don't. I'm Mark. I'm sure you got more than I do, even. And yeah, people are just like, oh my god, you got to have him on again. I want to see this again. You know, it's true. It's and, true. And so. so you know, there were tons of comments like that. This was the best one ever. This was the best. And meanwhile, when when that show got done, I actually felt like, oh my god, what you know, was that was that really bad? Was that did, did we go too far? <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, you know, well, it went to all the news media all over the U.S., all the rock news, everything really? for some of the things that were said. Yeah. You know it. We have an incredible number of views on that video, so I mean, we thank all the news media for all their help with that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, that, that I, I'm surprising. okay with that. If we get some more of that, that'd be great. No such I thing agree. as bad we, publicity, as they say, huh? No, not no, at all. Yeah, I, you know what? There was, you know, you know, there was zero backlash from that show. Only positive, actually. Yeah, there really yeah. wasn't. No, and and even the, it was interesting just to watch when you know like, Jakey Lee uh, said some things about Molly Crew, right, and then Nikki Six, tweeted, didn't say anything directly about Jakey Lee, but it was you knew who he was referring to, and you know, and then the the news outlets picked up on that too, and it was really kind of interesting just to sit back and listen, but but it all kind of just fizzled away. Um, I I love the Mike Soldano episodes. That was great. Um, he had great stories of, especially the the one part that I loved was when he pulled out the paper of the original owners of all the first Saldanos that he sold, and you know, and I I remember free like later on freezing that and just looking at the list. I wanted to see like who you know because he held that up, and I was like, dude, you need to make a copy of that. Um, but that was super cool, you know. Um, he had great stories, and then also Richie Faulkner. 
I don't oh, think yeah, I've seen that, that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he was great from Judas Priest. Really yeah, nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. Guy. Yeah. He's a really great player and just really good dude and, and had great stories and, you know, very, very, uh, you know, just well spoken. He's going to have a baby any minute. I heard. Yeah. I saw a little baby. George baby, Lynch's daughter. Baby Lynch. Cool. Cool. Grand, I personally really liked the, uh, the Seymour Duncan episode myself. Um, oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, I did meet uh, Seymour at, at NAM a couple of years ago. He had the, the big lineup and do the meet and greet. And um, I think I said something just like, man, what, what a cool life you've had. And he just, oh, and out came, started coming these stories. I'm thinking, there's this line of people, man. Don't keep them waiting. I, I'd love to hear this. And he came onto uh, your show and we did get to hear those yeah. stories. So yeah. I think somebody mentioned that he should make a, a coffee table book and that's a, a really uh, good idea. He really should. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I hope someone does that before, you know, he's no longer with us or something, you mm. know? Mm. Yeah. He's got, an, he has an incredible amount of pictures um, of him with tons of people, you know, going way, way back. And I think that would be in addition to his stories published with those pictures, you know, would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. After he was on our show, they started doing some series of things, you know, kind of documenting his thoughts on things. And uh, now they're doing interviews with certain people and stuff like that. So they're definitely more social media present than they've ever been. Um, and they come out with some great products, too. Totally. Great pedals. Sure. Yeah. Good. Seymour's yeah. a good dude. So, like, when yeah. I watch you guys doing the episodes, it usually airs around midday on a Saturday for me. Um, uh-huh. And um, I learn so much because everybody that you have on there is such a, a wealth of knowledge. Um, mm. Do you guys actually learn a lot of stuff yourself from, from these guests during the episodes? Well, for me, I always learn because I'm, I'm, I'm no way near a pro like a lot of these folks. So, yeah. but Dave, what about you? Um, I mean, not much for me because, you know, a, a lot of these people that we've had on the show, like uh, really tech savvy people and, and, and different things I've known for years, you know, I've, I've known Mike Soldano since 1987. I've known Bruce Eggnator since God mid eighties. I've known Stevie Fryett since 1987. I've known we haven't had Reinhold Bogner on, but that might be a hoot if we ever do. Yes. We have to uh, have him on. Um, I've known him since, oh, God, I don't know. I forgot when he came off the boat and walked in the door at Andy Bauer's Studio Rentals back in the day. Uh, so, you know, I've known all these people. So I've been there for years. I've been there when they started all their products and they started everything, all of them. And I was in at, at the you know incubation period of all those products, you know. Uh huh. Um, so, n- no, I learn less. I, I don't. I don't necessarily learn something, but but it's nice to hear some stories. Some stories. There's stories that I haven't heard before and stuff that are super cool and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I guess once you get to a certain level of, of proficiency, um, technical proficiency like yourself, you, you start coming down to personal taste, isn't it? So when people start talking you might be sitting there thinking well my taste take is a little bit different to that yeah yeah yeah, exactly and 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 it's um 
you always learning, though. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not learning something because if you're not learning something, it's mm-hmm. you always learn, or at least I do. I'm always searching for something more, something more. What can get give me more, or what can I? How can I get more out of this? How what? How can I improve this? Uh, you know, sometimes it's just sitting there staring at it for a while, yeah. and then you it all of a sudden dawns on you. Oh, I should route it like this. And oh, wait, that makes. I occasionally still, still like, there's moments of like, that just dawn on you. You're just like, oh, <laughs> you know. Okay, Usually right it's me, it. stuff like that. I, just as you're about to fall asleep, is that what happens to you? You sort of, you, and then uh, that part of your brain goes, "Here's what you've been yeah, looking for." Yeah, maybe not quite right when I go to sleep, but before, yeah, like yeah. at at night while the television's on or something, and. You start thinking about something, and you're like, "Oh, I could do that. Oh, I got to try that." <laughs> cool, cool. Right. So, I, I guess a lot of people aren't aware of what goes on behind the scenes of, of having a an internet chat show. And, and Dave, mm. you said, "Man, you wanted to do it, but you didn't want to know it about any of that." And that's been designated to Mark. Um, yeah. Man, you guys have got like really cool intros and stuff like that. Are you outsourcing other people to, to give you a hand with that, Mark? Or um, do, you, do you sit there and pick the brains of everybody else and try and do it yourself? How do you work that? Well, well the, the intro, actually, um, the music I did. Um, and then I, we used a graphic designer to, uh, to do the intro graphics for us, um, which was great. Um, you have that skill, Rick. You know, obviously, you know your, you know your videos are great. Uh, Thanks, I love your demo video. Yeah, you've got, you have a lot, a lot more ability on the computer than I do when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, we outsourced that. Uh, but from the music perspective, yeah, I I did the music on it, and um, and I just learned along the way. You know, originally we used to use Google Hangouts. I know. Um, which went away. Um, so, and it's like almost all these platforms eventually seem to be going away yeah, yeah. and you have to go to, you have to go to another platform for some reason, but, oh, um, Skype's not going to go away. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, biz, Skype for business went away though, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Well, but Microsoft owns Skype and then they phased in, uh, Microsoft teams for business. So, but anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, during the week, it's actually a really fun distraction for me. Cause I, you know, my, my work for a living is nothing music related at all. So it's fun. Like during the week, you know, I'll hit Dave up and be like, all right, who are we, who are we thinking about having as a guest? And then I'll try to chase them down or Dave will try to chase some people down. And, you know, and we, when we land a good guest, it's fun, you know, it's a good feeling, um, so uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's kind of fun to run behind the scenes, but it's not easy, you know. No, as you know. Yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot. Um, what people don't realize about creating YouTube content is thumbnails. Thumbnails is everything. Um, <laughs> I've got a bit of a template that I use now, but it took a long time to kind of refine, and I still tweak it. And then I'll just go on top of the last one and just tweak it a little bit more to get something. All your branding, a lot goes on. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun to do. Um, the one thing that I don't want to do, and I see that you don't do it also, Rick, is the uh, clickbait. I, you know, I try not to 
have clickbait titles and I've try to get that kind of. I've experimented. Have you? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the time, it gets nothing. And because I'm such an, an early stage at this, I, I realize that um, I don't want to be. Yeah. Clickbait, no, doesn't work for me. Even so much as the whole like and subscribe thing that people do. You know, now I've got that in my little end screen, a little thing comes up because I, I feel mm. stupid begging for somebody's subscription. I figure if you come out with the right content, they'll subscribe, you know? So I'm still working yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, occasionally during a video we'll say, hey, make sure you hit the subscribe button or something like that. But outside of that, like I thought, oh, should we make a video that just specifically says like the intro, hey, please hit the subscribe button when you, you know, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that, the you know? Other thing I notice is a lot of people have their faces on thumbnails um, and they're trying to pull a different face for everything. Somebody contacted me a few months ago and they said, man, you're oh, watching what you're doing. You're doing everything right, but you need your face on the thumbnail because people need to see that and know it's you. So I did a few mm. with, uh, hey, here's a cup, uh, you know, and I'm noticing just all the other big YouTubers that do it and I'm not picking on them for doing it because it's become a bit of a standard, but how many fucking faces can you pull before you start having to pull some really stupid shit to be different to your last one, you know? And so I'm glad I didn't go down that road. Instead, I've got my logo, my, my circle in the corner. And now mm -hmm. as I'm scrolling through um, suggestions, it jumps right out to me. Um, Steve Vai's got his logo. He doesn't need to have his face in there. My eye picks that straight away. Uh, mm -hmm. Henning uses the same font, same uh, colors. My eyes learnt to recognize that now so I don't actually have to see his face um, to recognize Which is that good. it is. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> Which is good. I've actually got Henning on tomorrow um, and that's going to be a lot of fun actually because so, he's sorry, the type of Henning. guy that can throw some shit at him. He's going to throw it right back at you. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's, you know, he, he, he loves it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Yeah, you know, First of all, if we were going to put anybody's face on the show, it would be Dave. Uh, no one needs to see me. Uh, people know who Dave is. Um, but I don't think that's, at least for us, the show is more about the guest. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's why we always focus on the guest than we do on us. Yeah. You know? But some YouTubers, you know, the show is more about them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I get that, you know. So... As you say, Dave's pretty pretty recognizable. There's a million interviews out there. If people came here expecting a, a Dave Friedman interview of, hey, tell us how you got started in the amps and stuff, there's a million of those out there. There's a really good oh, one God, on my I channel. Can't, I, can't, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, the, the when I did one with you at 42 Gear Street, I didn't just sit down and do a formal interview. It was days of hanging out and just having cameras on and having a drink and thought, well, we'll just cut out a few bits of that and... I've got yeah. some nice oh, feedback that, on he that. Was really that there. Let's not use that. <laughs> <laughs> there was one I saw of you actually. I'm sorry, my phone keeps banging. There was one I saw of you in at 42 Gear Street. I or forget who posted by the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was pretty toasted there. That'd be that'd be one of mine. Yeah, that's. Was I, that one of yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, a friend. I, I barely ever drink. I'm one of these guys that once every six months. Yeah, let's get drunk. Um, so it doesn't take me much and it was just flowing there. Um, 
there was a, a video I released. Yeah, you were drinking there. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, kept bringing sure. the drinks, man. I was doing an interview with um, Mika and, and and Sammy, and you're yeah. right behind us there, just giving us whiskey shots the whole time. Um, and Mika was the same. He said to me afterwards, he's like, "Oh man, I, I'm drunk. I, I I don't do that. Oh, make sure I didn't make an ass of myself." Um, and a friend of mine saw some of the footage, and within. 10 seconds he said you've been drinking there i can just see i've seen when you've had one or two and you, your face changes and it embarrasses me <laughs> so i try ah. not to do it yeah uh, we all have to loosen up every once in a while especially during these especially during these times sam uh, sammy on, on the other hand seems to be a pro at it oh yeah keeps his cool yeah 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 so as i was saying before like dave you're really recognizable in the guitar community Mark, for you, do people recognize you from the show? Well, at Nam, it was it, it was pretty surprising. My, you know, after the first year of doing the show with Dave and going to Nam, and I was hanging out at the booth and just outside of the booth. At one point, it was just like I almost felt like Dave at a, for a moment. Like everybody was just like, "Hey, I love the show." Hey, you know, and I was like, "This is freaking awesome!" You know, I really I was loving it. I really did. It was just, for, you know, but every day, no. I mean, but, yeah. you know, Dave clearly uh, is the, you know, the known person on the show. But, yeah, for me, it was, it's been, it's been great. And it's been great just networking with people and getting to know everybody in the music industry. It's, you know, it's fantastic. It's been great. Well, that's how we actually met. I, I can remember walking into the Friedman dungeon and it's it's quite dark in there i remember walking in and i'm sort of looking around thinking i can't quite see and i looked across the room and and saw you you saw me and it was one of those oh hey man and we had never met but we recognized each other from from each other's videos and Mm -hmm. um i think we got talking and and you said to me i'm I'm going off to the uh, the fender booth you want to come with me i said yeah why not and um we've kept in touch ever since and um, yeah you know i i I quite often tell people tell people the story that Phil X, I saw a video of him. He was talking about um, how people recognize him and Peter Frampton coming up to him and saying, uh, hey, Phil, how you doing, man? You know, and being all Phil X and, and him saying to him, oh, really nice to meet you. And he goes, oh, we've met. Uh, and he said, no, I'd, I'd, I think I'd remember meeting Peter Frampton. About two days later, I was at Nam, and I see Phil X just standing just over yonder and he, he looks my way. He's talking to this really hot girl he looks my way and he sort of goes and i do one of those really awkward um <laughs> you're looking at me just in case it wasn't at me and he's sort of excused himself and come over and he's like hey man how you doing we've met before and i thought what is the chances of that i just heard him saying that happens to him all the time and he's just done that to me and and it was like no man you you've maybe seen one of my videos and huh yeah, quite funny. That's 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice he's a nice dude. That was awesome. You know what? Most of the guys at the top, I'm I'm starting to realize are. It's especially I've been talking to a lot of manufacturers lately. When they Skype in, we sit around talking before and after for ages, and um, there seems to be a bit of a, a good guys club amongst everybody. Um, you'll mention somebody from another company and they go, Oh man, yeah, he's gold. He's gold. You know, we, um, bad dudes don't get far unless they're exceptionally talented and you can't deny it, I guess. 
I, you guys, I would. You guys encountered a few ass wipes along the way, I well, guess. <laughs> I, I know exactly one, but I'm not going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, the thing that I love, actually, that, that I've seen a common trend on our show is that there's a lot of close-knit friendship among people in the, people in the music industry. Mm. Um, even in, you know, in the gear industry. Yep. You know, everybody seems like mostly everybody's friendly, uh, sharing ideas, you know, helping each other out, uh, which is really cool because you don't see that a lot in other industries. Mm-hmm. I got to say, uh, for me, going to 42 Gear Street, I I knew when I went there that I was a bit of an outsider with hardly any subscribers and these guys are all big. They're, I don't watch TV, I watch YouTube. And I didn't want to be seen to be trying to muscle in on people's videos and things. And I, there was a couple of people that I kind of got the... Yeah, 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 mate. Yeah, yeah, don't try and work it yourself. But it was more mm. that networking, meeting people. Um, you know, a classic thing is I had a guest last weekend, a, a friend of mine from here, the Gold Coast Australia, who's been living in LA for a while now. He's been very successful with getting his music all over um, TV and film. So I had him on to, to talk about movie syncing and. I was asking him these questions and I thought he wasn't answering what he, he wasn't giving me the right answer. You know, like he'd go on these long winded things and I've got my eye on a few different things, making sure everything's still running. And I'm thinking, Oh man, he's forgotten what I actually asked him. You know, I, I asked <laughs> a simple thing like, um, okay, so I've written a great song. Um, what next? So I think this, this would be great for TV. How do I get it on TV? Expecting that he'd, have a really short and sharp answer like uh oh yeah look up a publisher or blah 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 but he went on this this big rant and i'm thinking are you answering my question but then he always said just to circle back to your original question and and give me that short concise answer i was looking for and at the end of that i'm thinking to myself oh man that that was a disaster wasn't it my phone just went off with texts and messages on facebook of people saying that was brilliant. He covered so much and not in the usual way. And what he was talking about was the networking that's involved and that when you get to know the people behind the scenes, how much easier it is to actually just flick them a message and, hey, man, I've got this new thing. Check it out. Um, so, yeah, the whole networking thing, particularly, yeah, yeah it, it really is all about that, isn't it? It's all about that. Yeah, totally. In, in a variety of... Uh, ways you know yeah. it's not just yeah it's it's totally everything's about that hmm. yeah everything's about the relationships that you establish from from your networking you know it's like when you have friends at sweetwater or you have friends that you know yeah it's all it's all about that yeah so, yes who so, you know dave i've been aware of and you how for, and, and how you treat i'm sorry Rick, you, you go, saying, how, how you, you treat, treat them how you treat them who you know Yep. Did you take them to the strip club? Did you <laughs> did you did you uh, buy them a nice bottle of scotch if they like scotch? Did you you know certain things go a long way? You know, like it's like if you know someone's into scotch, you bring them a great bottle of scotch. Oh, they're yeah, they will remember yeah. for the rest of their life. <laughs> 
it's it's yeah. it's funny, you know. And then they're like, oh yeah, oh he's got something new. Oh, we go, I got to check this out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, I'll get another bottle of scotch. Yeah. I'll never forget we were in the the booth at at Nam, and the guy walks up to you and he's like, Dave, how's it going? It's great to see you. And like, you know, you looked at him, you're like, you know, like kind of like that blank stare, like I don't know who you are. And he goes, I gave you that bottle of Pisco. And you're like, oh yeah. You're like, how are you? <laughs> like that's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You knew immediately who he was, and uh, you know, so that's funny. Yeah, Good yeah. Stuff. yeah. Just jog my memory, please, because in Nam, it's like you know. Oh yeah, well that's tough. <sighs> We're not doing Nam this year. You not? No. Wow. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. I can't imagine. I'm, and I'm if, if it if it does happen, I don't know how many people are going to go, or how many manufacturers are actually going to be there. It might yeah. be a case where everybody's going to have to mask up and. Well, of course, but man, masking up the whole entire show for four days and no, I'm not going to put myself in danger for that. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, right. We'll do some great videos for you people. How's that? We'll do some killer it, videos of any new products, and we'll put them out there, and you know, yeah. Because Frank, you know, I got to be honest. Frankly, I mean, like buyers at Nam, which is the goal, right? You get people to come see your new products, and you, and and you want the buyers from the stores to buy the product. None of them play it ever. They just look at it. You, maybe they listen to someone play through it real quick, uh, or they just you just give them a description of what it is, or you know, almost none of the buyers actually play it, mm. especially if they're established, you know, right. like uh, people that you know already know already sell your products. So, I, I, you know, more and more, it's just like I'm not sure why anyone's there, and if they're and if they do play it the buyers it's most of the time it's they're doing videos for youtube anyway like peach guitars or whoever you know any of those dealers yeah exactly and you know you know the funny thing and i think i think if you did you know if you did very thorough uh product walkthrough demos of any new products and you sent those to all of your dealers Here's the new Friedman product line for, you know, whatever, for 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you, they can just watch it and listen to it. And they're like, wow, that sounds great. That looks great. Oh, it looks cool. Okay. Done. And that's, think of all the money. It's a lot cheaper to make a little video than go to Nam. Absolutely. If I have three or four new products, then, you know, I don't know. It depends on what it costs to make the video, who's doing it, and what you're paying. But... The most that could be is four thousand dollars or something. the The floor space at Nam is fifty thousand or sixty thousand dollars for our booth. Whoa! The floor space. Whoa! That doesn't count union fees, freight fees, these fees, those fees. No, man. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And as much as as much much fun. Now, when you're working Nam, it's not that much fun. But as much fun as I have going to Nam, let's be realistic. At least from what I've seen, 
the majority of people at NAM are either YouTubers, guitar player, you know, like just yeah. musicians who are not in the industry. It's it's really become more of like a convention, yeah, like a comic, like a like a Comic Con or something like that. It's not, it's not there. I'd say there's more people there than there are buyers that are you know non buyers than than there are buyers there. That's for sure. I'm kind of wondering if. All this will change the bring, you know, what manufacturers do with their new products and how they do things into the new millennium. And NAM is sort of an antiquated um, model, so to speak. Um, I think. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone really? I mean, January is not that far away, man. You know, and it's like it's creeping up. Does anyone really, after all this going on, wants to go to a show that generally gets you sick anyway? Mm. I mean, you know, you generally walk away from it with the flu or or some horrible namthrax sickness. And <laughs> and did. and the funny thing, the funny thing is, I always said, I go, I think. I think we all should be wearing masks at NAM. I, I think next year we'll get some masks with skull and crossbones on the front. <laughs> well, you know, that's what it would be if we went. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not personally interested in... Uh, uh, it's not worth Jeopardizing it. my health to that extent. That is like the worst possible way. That would be like, you know... I mean, just the number of people and the, the, the handshaking and everything else that happens, you know. Um, it's, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> on a good year, it's it's detrimental to your health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the last time I had a really bad flu was, was coming back from, from NAM two years ago. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's And you know what? The no, And here's what I, I noticed. No matter... If you're going to shake people's hands at all, mm-hmm. no matter, it, it seemed like no matter what you did, hand sanitizer, washing your hands constantly, anything, nothing would prevent you from getting sick because you're, you just inhale the person's sickness from them because you're standing so close to them and, you know, right. and it, it's and just, you know. That's the one thing we've learned from this whole pandemic is how particles and aerosols you know all this shit that goes into the air which you don't realize regardless of shaking hands you know if everyone would wear masks i mean that would be better sure if no one shook anyone's hands that would be great um that would be better i don't think it would be very much fun anymore though Mm -hmm. i mean at least not for me i mean jesus the mask thing all day oh god i can't I can't even do it for a half hour at a store. I mean, I, I'll I will wear it because I, I it's respectful and I do it because I need to. Um, but God, I even said to my wife just recently, I was like, I couldn't imagine wearing this all day like medical pe- people do, all day with like something covering my. That would drive me nuts. Absolutely, yeah. One thing I did notice, uh, and this was a couple of years ago before this whole shit went down. Um, I've got a bit of a voice issue. I, I, I used to work for, um, for Apple as a trainer and I had to talk all day with no microphone assistance over quite a loud uh, ambient noise and it messed with my voice. I can't talk very loud 
anymore project my voice without my voice sounding like a, a teenage boy going, yeah. um, <laughs> and there's a few people, Grover was, was a classic one where I was talking to him and I was trying to talk over the noise and I actually said, you have to excuse me, I have a bit of a, a voice issue. And I saw him just look at me and just take a step back. Um, it was like, no, 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 I'm not sick. It's my actual voice. So, you know, people were wary mm. then. I can't imagine mm. now if you were to say that same thing, people would oh, run away. Oh, yeah, I, remember, I remember having someone, some girl interview me who was deathly sick. And I'm like, what? Wait, get away from me. Why the hell are you interviewing me? Get yeah. No, no, stay the... F- and, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I actually kind of didn't, I got sick a little bit after NAM this year, but not, it kind of subsided, although it seemed like a very strange sickness, it subsided within four or five days or something. So wasn't, I, I have to, I've been very lucky. I haven't gotten sick from any of the NAMs that I've gone to. Dave, I mean, um, Dave Black came back and he he goes, "That's the sickest I've been in like six years." He goes, "I hit, I was down and out for two weeks." Yeah, I, I heard Henning was know, sick. It was Corona. <laughs> oh, right after Nam. This this yeah, right Nam? after Nam. Yeah. Oh wow, it could have been. Well, look, I mean, we we, we talked about on our show. The, most likely, coronavirus was at Nam this pat this Had year. Had to have been. Yeah. Somewhere had to have been. Yeah. With all the yeah. Chinese companies and everyone coming from China and, and stuff, it mm-hmm. just had and all the travelers from all over, it just had yep. to. It's like one cesspool. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Crazy. How, how do you deal with the, the noise level restrictions there, Dave? Like that must be hard. You, you're selling amps and you want to wind it up and move some air to actually show people what it sounds like. At Nam? Yeah. Oh well, we have a sound room. Yeah, but can you still? That we can play as loud so as we much. want in that sound room. Really? Oh yeah. Does that have yeah, like a floating that. floor? Oh yeah. Is that a fully a fully floating room, like on a floating floor and stuff? Absolutely no. not. Here, no? here, here's the here's the interesting thing. No, it's it's just uh, insulated, not even really thick walls, insulated walls. You know, sealed, relatively sealed. Um, not really. Um. It's funny when 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 you set up on a setup day, and you um, and no one's in the hall, and there's no noise going on other than you know the forklift or something going by, um, and you play the kind of volume we normally play in that room, it seems really really fucking loud outside. Yeah, right. I mean, like loud. Yep. Like loud. And. When the show goes on, I mean the ambient, the ambient noise floor of the show is like eighty dB. Yeah. I mean that's just the din, the, the just the the crowd noise, just walking around. Yep. It completely disappears. It does. You don't hear it at all, hmm. and it's there's no directional, so they can't point. It's not directional, so they can't point a, a dB meter anywhere. And get a louder reading. I mean, if you point it to the hallway, it would be the same reading as if you pointed it at the booth. Because it's just ambient noise. So. I don't know why other manufacturers. I mean, we play loud in there. I mean, loud. 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 Cool. Really loud. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have performances in there. Yeah, with a PA cranking. Cool. Yeah. Uh, or we did. <laughs> yeah. The whole DB meetup, DB police getting around there. I went to the Melbourne Guitar Show last year, and they don't uh-huh. have a DB limit. I lost my voice. I went down there with every intent of doing some interviews and all the like. By midday the first day, I'd lost my voice because they had a, a, a music school with uh, some kids jamming on a real drum kit in there, with, not in a booth, just out in the open. And I'm trying right. to talk to these guitar builders. Um, E.T. Guitars, Ernie Taylor, was just across from them. And I'm trying to talk to Ernie, man. He was making some really cool guitars. And I just couldn't. I was like, man, I, I'd like to do an interview with you, but can't do it here. Maybe find me later. By the time we did meet up i had no voice um mm. it was crazy what they did do there was once every hour they enforced a um no noise for five minutes or something like that so the place would just go oh, wow. dead no noise mm. and you're like oh thank fuck you can actually talk now that's the show that's the show that um someone from well your part of the world mm. does uh, charles cilia yep i was just talking to charles last yeah. week yeah, I love Charles. Yeah, He's me awesome. too. Me too. Awesome I, guy. I Beautiful to, guitars. Yes, yes. Um, I have to thank you guys because when I went, I've got a classic story here. I went to um, the guitar show thinking, okay, there's a couple of guys on my radar that I want to introduce myself to, knowing that it was very early stages for me. And I saw Charles's booth and I was sort of walking towards it. There was a pedal builder right beside him. I've gone to have a look and that's oh, cool, cool. And I went to give him my card to say, hey, man, if you ever you want any pedal demos, please get in touch. And he grabbed my card. The first thing he said to me was, how many subscribers have you got? And I said, mate, I'm still fairly new, so I don't have that many. And he pretty much turned his back on me as if to say, well, don't waste my time. Mm. Just as he said that, I hear this, Rick Hollis, how you doing, man? I turn around and it's Charles Cilia walking towards me with his hand outstretched. And in my head, I've been rehearsing. How the hell am I going to introduce myself to Charles? But he knew me through you guys mentioning my name uh, a few times on Tone Talk. So I, I must thank you guys for that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. It, those, those little handoffs go a long way, you know. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And yeah, Charles is... Uh, I, I rang him last week to find out how much to get myself a... I, I've been wanting a, a Strat with a Floyd Rose on it for a long time now. Um. And he said, man, i got some really nice guitars here that I want to send you. That Just keep them for a little while and have on your, in your channel. Maybe you, you do a bit of playing on them and stuff and, and send them back. But, yeah, lovely guy. Lovely guy. Awesome. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen their guitars. I'll oh. have to check them out. That and ET Guitars. They're the two guys that uh, I think were really standouts for me. Um, Ernie Taylor. Ernie Taylor. Celia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so ET Guitars, uh, Premier Guitar. Oh, wow. Ooh. I don't know it. if this comes through at all with this lighting. I can see it's a beautiful crazy top. Flame on this top. Flame nice. maple binding. Just he made this for me. It's got a Friedman inlay on the. Oh wow! Awesome. Kind of like a small scale three three thirty five y thing. That's uh, it's it's as good as it gets from a guitar builder. Yep. Hmm. yep. Like in other words. If you look at the details on this guitar, I don't think anyone could do it any better. Uh, it's impossible. Wow. I mean, it's perfect. Literally perfect. 
So wow. all handmade. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it's unbelievable. He, if you go on his Facebook page uh, and you just start scrolling through posts for for years and pictures, you will see some unbelievable looking get flame topped mm. guitar. Mm. Just the the wood he gets is crazy. That's what he's yeah. going for. Until if you like that stuff, <laughs> yeah. I I gotta say, um, I've known of Charles since probably like the early two thousands. Um, he was playing in a band called Jerk, which was a, a popular kind of industrial kind of band over here. Mm-hmm. And I remember somebody saying to me, "Hey, you know Charles from Jerk actually builds his own guitars." I was like, "Really, really?" So. That's when I first heard of him. And it wasn't until years later, somebody said to me, have you checked out Charles Cilia Guitars? I didn't put two and two together that it was the same guy. And when I saw a picture of him, I went, oh, that's Charles from Jerk. Cool. Mm. Yeah. And, Very cool. Uh, yeah, there's one of my favorite Australian guitar players. Um, he was known in Australia as Jack Jones. I think in America, he goes by the name Erwin Thomas. Um, uses- I know him by both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to call him. Jack, uh, I've Irwin. Known, I've known Jack, Irwin, Jack, whatever. Yeah. I, I've known him since the, uh, again, like late 80s. Yeah. Early 90s. You know. I used to uh, go to all his shows. He's a, he's a couple of years older than me. He was a bit of a, a child prodigy over here, I guess. When mm-hmm. I was playing in bands, 14 years old, etc. There was two people that people would say to me, man... You're pretty good, but if you keep it up, you'll be as good as Jack from Hans Valen. They used to have a Van Halen tribute band. Um, Hans Valen. Hans Valen, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> man, he, he's from, like, um, outside of Melbourne, and that's a long way away from me, man. That's a 1,000 miles away. Um, yeah. And so I'd heard of him then. And the other guy people used to say to me is, man, keep it up. You'll be as good as Keith from Brisbane one day. Keith Urban. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Those guys were brewing in, in the wings for, for quite a while. It's kind of funny. Every, every, every once in a while, I get a, I get a text message from Keith Urban. Really? And, uh, yeah. And I, I'm, it's always a little surreal. I'm always kind of like, oh. Yeah. Huh. Like he, he was going back in the studio during this lockdown. And he sent me a picture of a, he, he has a Friedman small box and it sitting on top of the, you know, the, the studio rack at his studio and going back in the studio and, you know, he was using it evidently. Wow. He's a great player. Totally. Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic totally. player. Yeah. 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 Really talented. So just talking about Jack, um, good friend of mine is a chap named Louis Shelton and I've brought him up with you guys before just in personal conversations. He's one of the, played on some of the, the biggest records dating back to mm-hmm. the monkeys he started, Jackson 5, etc. Um, he actually produced Jack's band, Southern Sons, uh, produced their second record. And I brought up Jack um, to him and he said, man, Jack's the kind of guy who would get 10 Marshall Plexis and hook them all up and play through until he went, yep, that one, let's go with that one. Um, Louis couldn't be any further from it. When he comes here to do a little bit of recording or some video stuff, puts his little lamp down and I'll say, you got a preference on a microphone? Nah, man, whatever you got. How do you want me to mic position any particular way? Um, nah, man, just go. It's, he doesn't care about that stuff. He just 
goes and plays. Yeah. Uh, I did message Jack not that long ago, seeing if he wanted to come on this show, but um, he didn't get back to me. I'm going to try him again. Erwin, if you're watching, yeah. man, please come on. <laughs> it's not that scary. <laughs> he was actually really kind <laughs> to me when I was a youngster. I used to go to all these shows, and uh, I didn't know, I'd end up back at his hotel room, hanging out, just guitar talk, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so he was yeah. always really cool, cool with me at a, at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that there are some guitar players that have no, in, like, to just, pl- I'll plug in anything, just whatever, you know, no, no real gear interest whatsoever. Oh. It's more, it's more about the playing. Even Lucas is kind of that way. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't think so from his yeah. uh, rig in the eighties though. Yeah, well, that was all Bob Bradshaw. It yeah. was all, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but he doesn't really, he barely knows where to plug the guitar into. <laughs> but I bet he could play. I mean, sometimes he knows what he likes if he hears it. You know, it's, oh, I like that. That's cool. That's a cool pedal. Mm-hmm. Or that sounds cool. But it's not really, you know. I bet yeah, if he just plugged into care. a PV Rage, it would sound like Steve Lukather. Oh, yeah, he's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, mm-hmm. even if Mark can't say his name properly, dude, <laughs> that is the funniest thing. So, ha- have you have you heard this, Dave? Uh, how you say how, Steve's name? Yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I I finally figured this out with my family. I could not, could not for the life of me. We were doing a show, and in the chat, people were there were several people who were saying. God, will Mark start pronouncing Steve's name correctly? So I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out how am I saying his name wrong? Like, what am I saying? I, I you know, I know that I, I, I can read, like I know what I'm doing, you know. And um, but then I, so the difference, I emphasize the A, so I say Lucather. Yeah, and it's Lucather. Yeah, yeah. So that's what people are picking up on. I don't know yeah. why it's a big deal to people, <laughs> but. Oh man, I, I definitely have taken some heat on that. <laughs> it's, it's weird. So, with all the guests you guys have had, who's your ultimate guest that you'd like to have on? And I'm, I'm going to jump in there before you answer and say before we went live to where I said to you guys. So, when's Jerry Cantrell on? Because that would be yeah. A good wait, one I don't. Me. Wait, wait, I don't know yet. So you don't know. You don't know. You, that would be really cool. But yeah, that would you be guys fair. got a, a, a wish list guess? Oh, Apart yeah. from EVH. Everybody want, would like EVH, but... That's what's not going to happen. Well, that would, be the, that would break the internet. So, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that would go on forever. I don't, I don't think there would be any end to that conversation. Um, he would end it. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh... uh I'd like, to, well, yeah. I mean, we'd love to have Warren Demartini on the show. I, I, you know, I. Um, so far, the answer's been no. So, um, I'll, I'll attempt to ask again. You can yeah, only ask. Gotta, you can only ask. Yeah, I think if you, we've talked about it before. If we focus on the right things with Warren. I think that would go the, go the right way, but. You know, it's a live show. Maybe he doesn't want to take that risk, you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I think um, we'll see. We'll see. 
A lot of people are freaked out by the, the live thing. Um, and I feel settled now. I, this is all still new to me. And for the first 10 minutes, I can't watch myself because I'm talking way too fast. I'm just jumping in because I want to keep the flow. So we've been, what, at it an hour now. And I, I feel like I'm just sitting around talking yeah. to you guys like yeah. we would, you know. Um, did right. that take a while for you guys to, to find that? No, t- time flies for, I mean, for, for us, when we get on the show, it's like, oh yeah, well there's an hour. Oh, well there's two hours. Oh, there's three hours. And yep. it doesn't seem, it doesn't really seem like we've even uh, talked about what we need to talk about yet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. sometimes. Well, I mean, th- I mean, there's been other shows that are, that, that do the opposite and crawl. And, yeah. uh, that, I mean, that, that's all about chemistry. Uh, you know, that's if if there's good synergy with the guests, um, that's when the show comes out fantastic. You know, uh, and and not and not not to knock anyone, but some people aren't very talkative. Some people aren't very good with this. Um, some people, it's like you know, you know, you can it'd be like pulling teeth, you know, to try to get. People that have stories and are willing to tell them are what generally winds up being good, you know, because mm-hmm. then that then you you're just sitting around and bullshitting, you know, you're just sitting around talking, and and the, that's that's when all the fun stuff comes out, you know. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, you mentioned you. you got- it, it's just interesting. It's like some really flow really well, and like yeah. some flow pretty good. Some, you know, some are magic, you know, some are are duds. Right. Some you just only have to ask one question and you're an hour in already. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, where, and it just, they just kept going and, you know, they, oh, let me tell you about this, you know, like, and there, there actually has been shows where we've almost said nothing. Right. Where, where they just go, where, where you're almost like. Hey, but wait, what, 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 wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Seymour was, Seymour was like that. Lee Jackson, um, you know, they just flow. He's got talked a lot. Alana, yeah. You know, she, she, she talked, um, great storytelling. Do you get many people say no when you, when you request for them to come on? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've had some, I've had some people who were surprising that I've been like, really, okay, yeah. So I'm not going to name them, but yeah, yeah. I've had one person tell me no, um, a local player, and I was very surprised at that. Um, mm. She said, "I need to work on my introductions." I, I thought, "Hey, I thought I knew you, and I didn't have to send you a bio to ask you if you wanted to come on the show, but." Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Um, I just got know, a the funny, not yet. The funny thing is, though, I think I think we're going to see it gets easier right now because it seems like everyone is going online and doing little performances and different things and from their homes and stuff and getting more comfortable um, with it. So I think we're going to see more more of it it might be easier yeah it's a good point it's a good yeah. point i mean when, originally when i met you rick uh, around that same time i met peter stroud 
at Dave's booth. Peter plays with uh, Cheryl Crow. Oh, cool! Yeah, he's uh, cool. He's great time. Yeah, great, great player. time. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. Yeah, great player. Um, and uh, but he was busy, you know, after the couple of years after trying to reach him. You know, I, I didn't hear back, but now because of, of the quarantine and everything, reached out and he was like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And he's been doing live performances with Cheryl and and everything. So yeah, I agree with you, Dave. It's for some folks, it's going to be available yeah. for them. Absolutely, yeah, I, I have had the odd person say, "Yeah, I'll come on, but I can't do it live. That I'll have to come over and we just shoot an interview, and and you're more than welcome to do that." Um, and that's understandable. Very understandable. Like yeah. I said, if I go back and watch the first half hour of this, I'm going to just look at myself and go, yep, there you are, mate. You, you're still... Yeah. <laughs> Whereas oh, now, now, like I said, you know, might as well crack They're open the fine. Yeah. Dude, I, my first show, the first one, the very, the very first one with Grover, I wasn't sure what I was doing with the software. And um, I ended up focusing, thankfully, I focused on Grover. But the, the majority of the show is just the focus on Grover and you, you just tiny little squares of me and Dave. Because I could not figure out how to change back to, you know, like when it would change based on who was speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. if you know, if you were speaking, it would change. the. I couldn't figure out what I did. So the whole thing was on Grover the entire time. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, what did I do? I'm fucking this up already. <laughs> You know? It's not such a bad thing to have it focused on him. If it was focused on you while he was talking, another story, you know. Right, that would have right that would have yeah. been horrible. Um, yeah. But but even still, I know Dave was like, I can't I can't have the camera back to me. And I'm like, yeah, I can't figure it out. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, just setting this up, setting up this scene that I've got now, where I've got three way you guys can't see unless you're looking at your computer. The the shot right now. No, I just see you two next to each other, and then me in the little yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. Now we got we got a slight little Brady bunch thing going on, man. Hang on, which way? It's all backwards. So, I could almost stick my pen in your ear. No. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Dave, I wanted so, to ask uh, you, man. I wanted to ask you something because um, I've actually been using you to tweak my gear since uh, the rack systems days. Um, and you've, you've, I've bought amps in the States, had them sent to you and you've converted them to 240, etc. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been aware of you on forums and things. One thing that struck me is you can actually mix when it comes to recording and stuff. I'd, I'd heard you post some things that you'd recorded and mixed yourself, just little demos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. How did you pick that up? Cause that's quite a black art in itself. Uh, I love, I I love mixing. I don't get to do it much anymore. Um, uh, I, it's all it's all ears. It's all sound. Mm, it's it's mm. like making an amp and tuning it properly and and knowing what it's supposed to sound like. It's it's all uh, that's all I can say really. The how how did I learn? I, I mean, I practiced and I did it, and I just had an ear for it. Yep. So I mean, I don't think you can teach. You can te teach mixing techniques, I guess, but I don't think you can really teach sound, so to speak, mm -hmm. what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. That's, so, that's kind of it's something that is just inherently, uh, you know, you can't, 
you can teach someone to play guitar. It doesn't mean they're going to be a great guitar player. Even if they try really hard, sometimes they can't. It's not in their yeah. DNA to be that great guitar player, you know. Um, or, or likewise, you can teach someone to play guitar. You can teach them to play really well. But can you teach them to get a tone out of an amp with their hands? Mm. Meaning that they might have awful sounding hands. Somehow they they lost the, uh, which I've never been able to really um, figure out exactly what it is either. So, you know, it's like I'm limited as a player, but Stevie Fryad always used to love me to come play through stuff because he goes, it's, man, it's just the way you strike the guitar. You make it sound great. Like, you, you know, you, if you play, if you're playing three chords, ACDC or something, it, it just sounds right. Just sounds like ACDC, or it sounds heavy, or it sounds you know it just has the right tonality. And I think I worked harder on on uh, having the right tonality out of my hands than I did actually playing. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, uh, it, it but it, it's impossible to teach. It is. I, yeah. How? Okay, someone's playing through something and it sounds awful, right? But you know this sounds good. And you and you play through it, it's like this sounds great. They play through it, it sounds broken. So they're playing the notes properly, but how do you teach them to make it not sound broken? Hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's a combination of how they hold their pick, where they place their pick, how they palm mute or don't palm mute on the bridge, how, how, how hard they're how pressing. hard they're Picking, pressing, playing, and it's hard to explain that exactly. I think I think it's really, and it's hard to even define it. I mean, what makes that per? Okay, I'll play the same chords as that person, and they'll sound totally different. Yeah. So, so you, you've just, had the, you've had the luxury of actually playing through Eddie Van Halen's priced plexi. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Friend of mine, uh, he was one of my first guests when I started doing this. Dave Leslie, known him for a very long time. Um, they, his band, the Baby Animals, opened for um, Van Halen on the For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge tour, mm-hmm. and he said he finally got to get in there and actually play through Ed's rig, and he said he was just so disappointed that it didn't sound like him, and that Ed would come backstage and they're playing through these crappy little PV rages or something. Yeah. And he goes, man, he starts playing and that brown sound is coming out of this $100 amplifier. It's in his hands. Yeah. It's in sure. his hands. Yeah, totally. Mm. I've, I've watched him play through a Line 6 practice amp backstage and and, and literally it sounds like it. Mm. You know, it's not exactly the tone, but it's, it, but it basically sounds like it. You know? Uh, yeah, no, the hands thing is a huge, a huge part. I, if you, I brought this up a million times that there's some, uh, Steven Rosen interviews with Van Ed from, uh, back the Van Halen two era, the record had just come out and Ed's playing either through, I can't tell if he's just playing acoustically or through like a little clean fender amp or something totally clean. Right. And he has his guitar there in the interview. And if you listen to him, He's showing some of the new riffs and some of the new, you know, songs and stuff. And it's totally icy clean. 
And I swear to God, every pick harmonic, every uh, thing that he normally does just pops right off the fretboard. And, and it's totally clean. And, and you think, that's some powerful hands. Absolutely. With no gain, no nothing, and it just sounds like it's, you know, raging through an amp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a guest uh, on a week and a half ago. He's invited himself back on this Tuesday. I might have to see if he can change that day, but that's cool. Um, a chap over here by the name of Bob Spencer, he currently plays in Roast Tattoo. I don't know if you guys have heard of Roast Tattoo. I, I've heard of Roast yeah, Tattoo, yeah. yeah. So guys like Guns N' Roses and stuff always cite mm-hmm. them as being influences. Uh, Bob's played for some of the big bands. He was in a band called The Angels, which were huge in the late 70s, 80s over here. And um, I commented to him about his rhythm guitar playing. And everyone talks about Malcolm Young. I reckon number mm-hmm. two in Australia would, would be Bob. And I, I've got a little snippet on my channel that I put. He, I said to him, man, you know, I asked him about his, about his playing, how, how he got that sound, and he gave a really good description about when he's playing, his right hand never stops. It's constantly flowing. He says he hits every string, um, and his left hand is muting the strings that he doesn't want to hear, but he's striking them all. The ones that he's actually muting with his left hand become like little percussive pieces in between. Mm-hmm. And he really gets it about there's an art to smashing the fuck out of your guitar playing rhythm and not have it go out of, out of tune some guys can oh some yeah can't. sure yeah um i can't play a guitar that had that doesn't have string trees on the e, e and the b regardless of staggered uh tuners and stuff it'll knock it right off i'll, the, out of I'll the nut. pop it out of the nut out of the nut within the first 10 seconds um mm. and a lot of that's I've got that pendulum going and when I'm on the way back up, that percussive thing that he's talking about, it pops straight out. Other guys don't have an issue with that. Oh man, staggered trees, that'll, that'll, that'll cover it. Nah, it's all staggered mm. posts. Nah. I, 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 I remember years ago when I was younger, I used to break D strings all the time. I still do. D strings at the bridge. Yep, all the time. Yep. And it was the way I attacked the guitar. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was the way I was digging in, you know. And um, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't break those as much anymore. But I think it had to be with the, the particular guitar and the Floyd I was using and this and that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. D and Peace. A. D and A for me. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, I wow. think um, when I'm palm muting and stuff like that, that's what cops the, the brunt of it. Yeah. 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 So I, I remember saying to you, Dave, in, in Germany, that I don't think your ramps are for everybody. Well, the ones that I've played, there's, the, there's not many over here, so I don't have that much experience with the whole line. If you play electric guitar the way you play an acoustic guitar, jingle jangle, I don't think that's going yeah, to bring no. out the best in a Friedman amp. If you no. are the kind of guy who attack it in such a way that, you know, when you're muting, you, you make that thing pop out of the speaker. That's what I love about your amps. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, whether it's the, the transformers or something else in there, like each 
jumps out. It doesn't get soaked in. Um, you're probably not going to appreciate that about your amps um, if you play guitar right. like an acoustic guitar player. And there's a lot of guys out there that are. No, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, there's no point. Mm-hmm. It's going to be feeding back, and <laughs> yeah. Be... <laughs> yeah. you got to tame the beast. Tame the beast. Yes. yes. Talking about that, I for the last couple of years now, just for small gigs, I was using a, a Kemper when I was touring in a Queen tribute show. I was a Brian May impersonator for a few years. Um, I actually have a red special guitar on its way from a company that want me to do a put on the, the silly wig and. Jump around in front oh, of the cool. green screen. I'm looking forward to that. That should be a cool video. Um, I was using, after the Kemper, I sold that to buy my small box. Uh, but I started doing small gigs around town with a, an iPad and just using BIOS effects. Mm-hmm. It still sounded like me. Um, I had other guys go out, friends of mine, buy exactly the same rig. I gave them my presets. I remember this one guy in particular, um, who's a, he's not a guitar player as such. He's a, a multi-instrumentalist. He's just one of these guys that give him any instrument and he just eats, breathes, shits music. It just comes out of him. He's, he's just got it. But it just didn't work for him. That, that feedback issue and all these things, I remember getting in touch with him and saying, how'd you go using my presets? He's just gone, I can't use that rig, man. That's just not for me, so... It is all in the hands, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very much so. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And so, like, I mean, another person, we were, we talked about this before, like some of the people who were really attacked the guitar. Um, Phil X is one of those guys. Really oh just God, has, yeah. yeah, he just has such a visceral way of playing his guitar. And uh, at least, you know, nowadays, yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, he's got a lot of great tone in his hands, too. Yeah, yeah. Steve Stevens. Uh, Steve has always been a very percussive player. That's what I call it, a percussive yeah. player. The the way he used to palm mute and attack the, uh, you know, downstroke, uh, you know, chugging thing was just percussive, just brutal. That's, i got to say, Steve's probably, a lot of guys when they're doing the downstroke thing say, oh, James Hetfield. Steve Stevens for me, man. When yeah. I was a kid listening to Billy Idol on the radio, I didn't play guitar. I was actually more interested in synthesizers at the time. Didn't play guitar, but I knew that Billy Idol songs had good guitar in it at a young mm-hmm. age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I wasn't playing guitar back then or drums, I think, when I was listening to that music. It was on MTV, but was it Flesh for Fantasy? Oh, that guitar yeah. comes in, yeah. I was just like, oh man. I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite riffs. Yep. Yeah, so good, and it just comes in out of nowhere. It's just great, great song. I did warn you guys that I drink a hell of a lot of coffee, and it's only it's just after midday here, uh, and at some point I might have to go visit the bathroom right there. So, Mark, I'm going to ask you just about your cool little man cave there some of the memorabilia that you got sitting around do you want to show us around while i just uh, take a little break and i'll come back in 30 seconds right yeah sure sure i can actually move the camera um hopefully it won't do anything but um yeah i'm i'm, I'm into comic books and stuff like that so i collect comics 
so I've got a lot of comic books. Um, I've got a few Friedman amps. Let me move my chair. Maybe you guys can see. Uh, I've got a 4x12 BE100 from Dave. Um, and a wet-dry-wet setup over here. Um, and then on this side over here, which you might not be able to see. Let me see if I can. So over there, I've got a Friedman um, modded Marshall. And then over here, let's see if you can see over here. I have uh, an Ox and a JJ Jr. So that's pretty much the, uh, the setup. Um, and I'm getting a 4x12. And then many comic book character dolls and things over there. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've got a lot of... Whatever you want to call it. Fake dolls, figurines, something. Stat statues, yeah. Statues, there we go. That's yeah. a better word, I think. <laughs> well, figurines. Hard place with dolls. My, my, well, that's what my daughter says. She's like, are you playing with your... She goes, you playing with your Looney Tunes? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, man, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, God. She's always busting my balls. Um, you know, but uh, I, it's funny. I've, I've actually been selling some of this stuff over time recently. Just trying to... Like, I, so, I went through a period of selling stuff. And it didn't make a dent in this room at all. Really? <laughs> yeah, my wife was like, did you sell stuff? Because it doesn't look like you sold anything. And I'm like, no, I did. I sold a few things. Mm. Um, so the room's pretty packed with stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I love your room, too. We were talking about your JMP1 before. This guy over here. That's not, yeah. that's not mine, actually, mate. The ADA... I scored that recently as a contra deal. I, I did some gym, jingle work for somebody. I used to be a jingle writer uh, and worked in radio for, for a while. Uh, so I did an exchange because a friend of mine had one of those, and I used to be an ADA guy back in the 90s. Uh, the JMP1 belongs to uh, a really good guitar player on the coast here, Scott Watman. Um, he's got about three of them. Um, mm. And I wanted to do some comparisons, and he, he kindly lent me that to, to do that. Um, I was going to get the ADA going again. I've got like a little angles cab loader so I can use impulse responses just as a, a streaming rig that I can do a, a direct sound if I want to do. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah I, I want to start getting into doing live streaming of demos. If um, companies don't want to pay me to do the, the demos, I, I, I'm going to offer them to do a live thing. And if they want to send somebody on, like we are talking now to actually talk us through the product, I did something similar with Richard from uh, Hughes and Kettner last night, actually. Mm. Um, he's a really nice guy. I, I like Rich. Um, and, man, he knows how to keep an interview going. He's one of these guys that jumps in as soon as he sort of thinks, oh, we, we've run out of things to say, he'll, he'll keep it going. He gave me a couple of tips of things and I, before the show. And one of them was, it was a rip and I didn't have the heart to do it to him because I knew he'd just look at me and go, you're doing that thing to me. Don't do that thing. <laughs> we joked about that afterwards. <laughs> it's like when I worked for Apple. There was a certain teaching method that we had um, as, a, as a trainer, a creative as, as I was called. And I remember teaching a, a school teacher one time there, doing some training with her. And she's just looked at me and she goes, I know what you're doing. I'd rather you didn't. And it's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> People pick up on those things. So, yeah. Certain techniques. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. What did you do for Apple? Uh, Creative was the official title, but uh, a trainer. So basically, you bought a Mac um, and you wanted to know how to use all the stuff that's on it. I was the music specialist. So I would have, there's a a guy called a big country artist over here named Lee Kernigan. For instance, he'd come in without his cowboy hat on. No one would know him. He'd always insist on sitting at the cafe outside and buy me lunch and everything. So it was really nice. Teach guys like that how to use Logic. That's how I picked up how to use Final Cut. Um, We talked about the importance of thumbnails and things. Uh, I I just use Apple's Creative Suite. I use Keynote to do my thumbnails. Um, So it was a good grounding to learn the stuff that I'm putting into practice now. In fact, I got really encouraged to do this through... Um, 10 years after I, I finished that job, I still get invited to creative dinners um, with my, my ex-colleagues. And a few years ago, I said, man, I, I really really want to have a go at doing product demos. Um, but, you know, I don't have any lights or anything. So a lot of the stuff that I've got a, around here is borrowed. People just went, oh, man, you're, you're perfect for this. Here, here have this. I've got this tripod. I've got this camera. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful for those people. Uh, that's food. awesome yeah yeah, yeah great. absolutely very cool you guys got any future guests lined up that you're excited about that that you can spill the beans on or do you keep that to yourself like what's coming up no i've got i've got a bunch of folks lined up yeah yeah uh you want me to run through them yeah why not um so the next the next guest is Peter Stroud. That's on May 29th. Um, and then we've got Brett Papa, who's a YouTuber. Is that uh, Papa Stash? Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, so he's on June 12th. And then we may move this, but right now we've got Tim Thorn, uh, Tim Pierce and Pete Thorne. I was going to call him Tim Thorne. That was weird. Um, on June 26th. Um, or we we may have Bill Kelleher, cool from Mastodon, cool. Um, on. So I'm waiting to hear from him, and then we've got uh, Jordan Ziff on July 10th, which is um, Jordan's from Rat. You cut out. What's that? You cut out when you said his name, so I I, I just said it's Jordan Ziff. I oh, no, came through on this end. Came through on this end. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So Jordan Ziff from Rat. Um, so he, he's playing with Rat now, and now oh. and also play with Marty Friedman. Um, no relation to Dave. Uh, so he's coming on July 10th, and then um, yeah, we've got a a bunch of people. I mean, I've got a list right here that Dave and I have talked about. With yeah, and folks. I have some more that I've been thinking. Like I'd like to have Tosin Abasi on. Um, Ooh. I'm gonna write that one right now. Right down. I wouldn't mind having Misha Mansour on. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, we, there, there, there's a host of other people that I know are are uh, uh, sitting around not doing anything at the moment. So, uh, Steve Lukather agreed to be on, but we that's been going on for a long time. But he's home now, so I just got to send a new message. Send a new message. 
get it get it Send out to me I, and i will say and his the name guys up. from uh paul mccartney we could do always um rusty anderson did, and brian uh, Ray. yeah yeah or doing do them at different times um um well there's some more i was thinking about but i yeah, I mean, I've got on the list, we had Bob Rock as a possibility. Oh, Bob Rock said yes, so we just need to now schedule it. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Um, yeah. I've been wanting, trying to get Brendan O'Brien, but uh, he didn't respond to me, so I'll try again. Mm. Uh, Doug Pinnock, we talked about. Yeah, Doug was on someone else's show recently. Um John, who's our sales guy, was on his show, so I'll, I can. Oh, that's right, out. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. maybe in a little while I can reach out to Doug. It's that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so we got a, you know, a whole list of people that hopefully we'll be able to have on, and then also, you know, we have other manufacturers as well. I get a lot of people who ask about, you know, different amp builders who can come on different other manufacturers one that i was actually i haven't talked to you about it dave was uh, i was going to reach out to the people at gnl and see if they wanted to come on like uh, i think i forget the guy's name dave mclaren or whoever's running that yeah maybe sure yeah great guitars what's that my phone's ringing and it's a studio legend (laughs) louis i don't know (laughs) if you're watching me mate um you need to come on the show and co-host with me because the first person that he said he was going to get as a guest was Steve Lukather. He's very good friends with him, so I'm not sure if he's actually watching right now. Or, um, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Steve, man, he doesn't hold back, right? Oh no, that should be an interesting show. Yeah, uh, he he speaks his mind. Um, um, what a great player, man. God, I was watching. Um, have you seen the Lee Schuyler, Lee Scholar videos? Well, I, 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 I know Lee, and he's amazing also. Yeah, he, he set I up haven't a, seen any of the videos, though. It's cool. He set up his own YouTube channel, and he's doing a lot. He plays the bass, basically, and a lot of the hits that he's played on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Rick Beato recently, uh, but they were talking. I guess uh, Lee played with Toto for a mm-hmm. period of time, which I wasn't aware of. Uh, um, but he was talking about his time working with Jeff Percaro. And, uh, I mean, I was such a fan of, yeah, yeah. I remember him being on sessions with, uh, with Steve Lukather and Jeff Percaro and stuff. Wow. I, I, I remember, I remember distinctly sitting in front of Jeff Percaro when he's doing his shuffle in the studio. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Such a fucking sweetheart too. Wow. Uh, yeah, man, what a great player! Yeah, he was amazing. Um, yeah, Toto. Yeah, we have to have Steve on, so that's yep. that's a must. It's coming, guys. I just got my first ever super chat from Jose. Um, question for Michael Rick: Is the difference from a Friedman amp? What is the difference? Let me press the button so that it comes up. What is the difference from a Friedman amp to a regular Marshall? Is it like a Camaro to a Corvette engine, having never played a Friedman amp? So, Jose, uh, I might start off. Mark, you, you've probably got you've probably played more than I have of the of the variety of 
of Dave Zamps. For me, uh, I had a, a small box and that was my, my pride and joy for a long time. People would tell me it was the best sounding Marshall they ever heard. What I loved about it compared to a standard Marshall, I find standard Marshalls can be a bit scratchy sounding to my ears. I don't know how other to explain that, but there's just a scratchiness. Dave, I don't know if I'm making shit up here, man, but it seems that... Well, I, I, think, I, th I think a lot, a lot of what people um, attribute scratchiness to is certain Marshalls. Yeah, I was about uh, to say... Uh, Old, old marshals aren't really scratchy. Yeah, yeah. Like old old plexis and four input amps aren't really scratchy. Where and that's where my amps come from. So if you want more of a modified plexi sort of sound, that's what my amps do do mm -hmm. well. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of the you know the kind of the Ferrari of British style amp, so to speak. So my, my experience in recording different Marshalls over the years, I, I worked a lot as a, a producer around Queensland years ago, uh, was that from the late 80s on, they just had a scratchiness about it. And, and you, you jumped in with yeah. it saying that, yeah. And yeah. I've never sure. liked them since. I haven't played any modern Marshalls um, to know if they've gotten rid of that. Um, I will say that I was playing a gig with an Australian artist, the singer of a, a group called The Models, uh, Sean Kelly. I was doing a gig with him. After the first song, he's come and tapped me on the shoulder. And these guys are all getting older. They're not wearing their glasses on stage. He just went, that is the best sounding Marshall I've ever heard. Mm. And the other thing that I like about Dave's amps, and this, this is going back. Before um, Dave was making his own amps, he was modifying um, a lot of gear, but I was using Randall MTS. And I'd actually bought from Dave a prototype module that he'd done for Steve Stevens. It was a modified SL Plus. Don't know if that rings any bells for you, Dave. Um, yeah. And that rig of mine, the old RM4 and RT250, was in a. I bought it in a big rack. People would ring me and say, "Hey, man, um, do you want to come over for a jam?" And I'd look at this thing, and I'm like. I'm not fucking picking that thing up to go around to someone's place. But people would come to my place. <laughs> people would come to my place and I would just play a big drop D chord and just go, listen to this. And yeah. it was the harmonics, the, the, the content, all the yeah. air on top. And I find Dave's amps, you can play not just root fifth power chords. You can play you know, major sevens and I'm, I'm no jazz guy, so I don't get too much more complicated than, than that. Um, and the clarity is there. Um, I like the way he's, he's asked me and Mark, not, not you, Dave, because yeah, you're biased, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a clarity in the notes and I'm, I'm sure at the end of this, Dave might give us an explanation. I didn't want to turn this into a Dave Friedman interview, but, um, how to do that. But there was this air when I got delivered, I was the, the small box. So straight away I was working at a music store and I plugged it in and I, played some chords and one of the guys just went those harmonics man that the content up in the air that's that modelers just don't that can't yeah it, for it, me. it was sort of like it, it's sort of like you just ring out a chord where the high strings just you know just just 
fly off your guitar and you just like cling. Yeah. You know, and you just hear every single one of those notes. Yeah. And that little chirp at the end when you when you get the mm-hmm. high strings, you know, yeah. and 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 to me that's what I want to hear. Yeah. So uh, and that's what my old plexi would do, the '68 plexi. Um, so you know, basically, I was mimicking that amp with the variac and everything that I did into a modern, you know, amp with the master volume and stuff. So. You know, so so there's a little DNA of that Marshall in all those uh, all these amps. How about you, Mark? The, the, the question was directed at you as well, mate. Do you have a, a take on um, on Dave's amps? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I it's funny. It's funny. So I was actually just telling this story to someone else recently. You know, about 13 years ago, I heard about Dave's amps. Um, on the gear page. So I heard about the Marsha and stuff like that. And I was always in, into the Van Halen tone, always wanted to get that Van Halen sound. So, um, and I always wanted a Freeman amp. And then subsequently we ended up meeting each other and i now I have a bunch of them. Um, you know, compare. So, uh, Jose asked, you know, comparing it to, a uh, you know, I guess to a regular Marshall or maybe a modern, modern Marshall. So I've had a couple of them. I have, uh, a 50 watt, you know, so it's a 1987X uh, reissue of the 50 watt Plexi, right, from Marshall, and that's they still make that, or at least I think they still make that today. And then also I had a um, a Jubilee, right? So a reissued Jubilee, cool amp. None. Once I got the BE100, you know, there was just like it, it is like. Um, there's something about the tone, the the way that the sound um, is just more appealing. Uh, it's more of it's almost like studio ready, um, you know, that you're playing this incredible tone out of out of an amp that you don't have to do anything to. I find like with a Marshall, like with the with the Jubilee, yeah, I could get there, but I had to use a pedal. And then you know I had to boost it and all these other things to get to the tone where I really where where it would get close to where I wanted it, but it's right out of the box with Dave's amps. So at least that's that's how I feel. And like Dave modded my uh, my Marshall 50 watt Plexi reissue, and it sounds completely different than from what it originally. Very it was very very uh, scratchy, high end, very trebly, uh, almost like. Uh, I, I, what's the word? I, I can't. So, so it's still a four input, non-master circuit. I just tuned it to sound like my '68 Plexi. Right. So, and when you uh, and when you say tune it, you change like capacitors. Well, there 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 were some values that were a little different, and so you had to change some capacitors and some different things, and a couple little tricks that I know to do to the 1987X to make it, you know, mm-hmm. sound older and stuff and we had an on-amp switcher against the plexi and stuff even pete thorne heard it and just like yeah <laughs> yeah that's it that's it yeah so it, it, there is there is a difference jose you know and i you know, and i you know look marshall's a great company they have a great legacy um i just wish i mean better for dave that they don't but uh, you know it'd be nice if they would come out with some really really cool products like they used to I mean, realistically, I, I love everything that was non-master volume. Mm. 
you know, I love all the old, all the old amps. Yeah. When, when the, I, I, I guess maybe some of the JMPs when they started doing the very first master volumes were, were pretty good. And once it got to JC made hundred, it just turned bad. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, you know, like people revere an 800 these days. And it can be a good amp boosted and it can be great. But the funny thing is, when those amps first came out, we all hated them. It, it was awful. I mean, they were, they were, oh my God, that's not as good as the JMP was, which, which is basically the same exact circuit. But it had a little bit better transformers and stuff. And they sounded a little richer and a little bit better. And just like... We all hated them. It, it, they were cheap transformers. Didn't sound that great. Sounded kind of. Used to call them the transformers. Sounded sort of winky, which is mm. sort of like this little wah cocked on thing that they would do. And you know, it, it. It was just a different era. You know, it's like you're coming from this really great stuff, which now no one has heard. You know, now 800 sounds great because they didn't hear the old stuff. So you know, I don't know. It's funny you should mention the JMP. I can remember in the 90s playing in my original band um, and I was using an ADA MP1 with a quadriverb and a Carver solid-state power amp, 150 watts a side into mm -hmm. two Marshall boxes. Yeah. Um, and I tuned that over the years to sort of just have presets and bang, bang, bang. A friend of mine bought a, a JMP head back then for... Mm -hmm for next to nothing and we stuck the uh soldano hot mod in it yeah um and i took that to rehearsal for a couple of rehearsals thinking yeah i'm gonna lose the effects and stuff and just play a real amp and just see how it goes the guys in the band hated it they just went man that mm. just sounds like ass but mm. i think tastes change you know like some of those records from the late 80s that i Thought sounded great, and I'll go back and listen to now. It has that scratchiness that we we're talking about in some of the mm. the Marshalls, um, and you know, fast forward to the late nineties, two thousands. Everyone was on the the whole rectifier trip, and you know, everyone was into that buzzier kind of sound, which was never my thing. Um, mm. I think Dave's amps are going to stand the test of time. Uh, just the clarity and the, the harmonics and everything that I was, I was talking about. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Do you guys? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in. Do you have a fan on your on Tone Talk by the name of Poo Ninja? Hey, Poo Ninja. <laughs> this guy is everywhere, and I don't know who he is. He won't reveal himself. He's apparently friends. He's all the 42 Gear Street, all the, all the big YouTubers, they'll say, man, yeah, Pooninja's in all the comments all the time. Uh, I've had a couple of people say, oh, I know who he is, but he, he's very private. He doesn't want to say, um, he doesn't do Facebook and stuff, but he's just, uh, I've just noticed he's in I've there. Seen, I've seen him in the chat. You yeah. have? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Absolute classic. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. There's, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who I recognize in the chat these days. Uh, Bev Davies. I don't know if you've seen him or if I'm saying his name right, but uh, yeah, he watches all this. He's like, oh, and then there's Ben Coombs, mm -hmm. who like I think he's become the moderator for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna need a change of battery, guys. I'm just gonna cut to the two of you guys as I do that. 
Sure. I do have on order the sure. a um, adapter for it. It's a bit of a pain in the bum using a DSLR that the batteries don't last. Oh, long. that's what you use for. Yeah, you you guys can see, see that now. That's what's sitting in front of me. It's actually a mirrorless. I, I say DSLR if I was to say mirrorless these days because um, they're kind of new. People probably wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So that's what you use to broadcast the, from a camera yeah, perspective? Yeah, so what you guys are seeing is pretty bad. That's just my iMac up there that you guys are seeing. But I have... Mm -hmm. If I turn that on... Like 4K, like 4K. Nah, oh, it can do, but it actually crops a little too much. Everybody's going to see me adjusting the camera here. But it's cool. It's rock and roll. It's danger, man. I'm actually looking through it. <laughs> Let me just go to the shot of me. Bit crooked. Oh, Good pose, Rick. Yeah, meow. Chit chats with Gary. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to have fun with it, don't you? Can't be too serious. Yep, of course, sure. Yeah, I got to say, I look back at um, the first few demos I did, um, and I'm so stiff. I'm sitting there. Going, I'm just going to read that thing over there, and uh, uh. having a decent camera was a big thing to make it a lot easier for me that it actually had the autofocus and everything that was missing on the other camera that made things very hard for me mm -hmm. right yeah. now your demos look great i mean they really do and thank sound you. great too thank you yeah as i said i worked at apple and i got to pick the brains i worked with a lot of very talented people um where so I was the music guy. The photography guy was, was from Washington. He worked, He was 25 years as a photojournalist for the Washington Post. He could walk past something with a phone in his hand and just go, and it would be the best photograph you've ever seen. So when it came time to actually buy a camera, and I was asking around, it seemed the worse people were at the basics of just getting your composition right and lighting and stuff like that, they were going, man, you need a Canon, no, uh, Sony A7 Mark III. And I'm like, you have any idea how much that is? Like this thing that I'm talking to down here is a really base model um, mm -hmm. Canon. But it was my friend who was a photojournalist said, man, just learn to use that. That will override any good gear or anything. It comes down to like we were saying about guitar players, like Lucifer can plug into... A shitty little combo and it'll sound like him because he's he's yeah. learned to milk it yeah. with his hands you know right absolutely yeah i mean there's certain at some point it becomes a little bit of overkill on how much gear and you know focus on the content i guess right yeah i'm sure people you think know. i've got some big streaming setup in front of me right now no i have that camera i i have done them just with the imac camera but um that's a really old imac so it looks terrible it's what you guys are seeing right now um yeah. I have an interface down here, which was a doorstop. It was a, it's a Steinberg UR22 that I didn't even realize I had anymore. Like people want to harp on mm. about converters and stuff like that. It doesn't matter anymore, man. They're, they're, they're all good enough. Uh, I, that's my rig. That's yeah. And, and this, yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't need, you don't need much these days to do it. Totally. You know, totally. I mean, I have a, the camera that I use is a, uh, 1080p Logitech. Cool. You know, that's that's a USB plugged in yep. to the Mac. 
uh, and I don't, and then again, I don't even think I plug, I broadcast in 1080p. No. So, so well, that brings it brings this up, Mark. Um, people are probably assuming you've got some big rig going on there uh, to control tone talk, but you don't, do you? You just got your your iMac there. That's it. I just got a Mac and run it into. Uh, I, I use the blue microphone. Sorry, Matt, just hold it up again. I just um, went to the, the shot of you again. Yep. Yes. So I use this, uh, which is you know the blue yep. microphone, uh, and that's a USB plug-in, and that's yep. really it. That's it, and just the, and the camera, the Logitech. It's you know, pretty low tech, you know. Yeah, and uh, I'm just an iMac with an SM7 now, which is new for. Well, I've had it forever, but I actually hooked it up. Sounds a lot better. <laughs> And, uh, you know, into a Apollo, UA Apollo interface. Yeah. Just the standard mic pre that's in the Apollo. I mean, just for for this, I mean. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. 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 I actually did some recording the other day. I was just recording some music, like some music, like acoustic stuff that I pulled out. Um, I had to do some, I had to look up like what kind of microphones I had. Um, so I had an SM57, which is what I was using to record. But then I also had this uh, Sennheiser E835. Nice. Mm -hmm. Dave. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should use this for the show. It, but I think this is better. I think the blue is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. They're great. Of course, that's expensive. Hmm. Is it expensive? What are they, $400 U.S. Oh, okay. or something? Mm. Yeah, something like that. I, but you need a pretty strong mic preamp for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, i got to say, I do crank it on, on there. I mean, um, like, my, my, my gain on this UA mic pre is, like, just cranked. Really? Uh, well, yeah, because the, the, the SM7 has a very low output level. Uh, it's mm. a very low output level, so... The reason uh, I'm using one don't is need a ton of game. So I'm using it because of the rejection factor. I'm, I'm on top of a, a busy road here, and if I use the uh, the mic on my iMac up there, you can hear the traffic okay. going past and everything. But this has a very tight pickup pattern. Um, quite a big room, so anything else sounds very roomy as well. So um, yeah. that's why I started using this and. Yours, is, yours is out of picture, I see, Dave. Like you, you've got yours fair way down, so I can't see it in the picture. Uh, not, not really. It's it's pretty oh, no, close no, it's right to there. No, you're just wearing a black shirt. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it blends in with the shirt. That's yeah. the tip of right there. Yep. So. Speaking of shirts, yeah. I've I've got my Tone Talk shirt here. Where can nice. folks get Absolutely. a uh, a Tone Talk and, shirt? And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to Tone Talk. Yes. And if you haven't Please. subscribed yes. to Rick, yes, subscribe to Rick. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to Rick. Yeah, tonetalk.com, tone-talk.com. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, T-shirts, uh, I have to order more T-shirts. If anybody wants a T-shirt um, that's a medium, uh, hit me up. I've got like five left. Um, so, But other than that, I, I have to place an order for new T-shirts. Might, might do a new design. Same logo, but something who, different. Who came up with the logo? Um, Oh, actually, a friend of mine. Uh, you know Liquid Charlie? No. So um, he is uh, Charlie Stimthcombe, I think is his name. He has his own channel on 
Instagram. He's a great, great guitar player, plays a lot of Van Halen stuff. Um, so I approached him. We were talking one day, and I said, yeah, I need to get a logo made for the show. He's like, I could take a stab for it if you want. And then he sent it to me, and I was like, David, home run. Nailed it. Nice. You know, and he, I love and it when he it works out like that. You know, like yeah. in making in making T-shirts and stuff too. Like you know, and stuff. I, I, I remember when it was time to do T-shirts, not not new T-shirts. I was looking for a new design, and uh, I went through a couple people trying trying designs, and you know, I was like. You know, here's the kind of vibe I want. Make me, you know, you know, give me like six designs that I can look at, and you know, just pick. I like to let people, you know, be creative and and pick. Um, yeah, that doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you look at the sheet of six designs or something, and you're like, oh man, I don't like any of these. <laughs> you know, uh, um. But I, uh, so I just went back to the original, our original artwork guy and, and I go, Hey, I need, I need a new shirt to do this, uh, you know, kind of, kind of like this. And this is what I had in mind. And the first draft he sent me, I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. I like the new shirt. He sent, he sent me two and I'm like, this, this both were like, yep. And then we just slightly tweaked it, you know, a little bit, you know. Yeah, I, I love it when when you when you get a guy that you're used to working with and he kind of knows what the deal is. It's just great. It's just like, bam. Yeah, they hit a home run. Like even the guy who did the video, when I sent him the music, I was like, just yeah. Yeah. see if you can pull something together with here's the logo and the music. See if you can, and he sent it to me. I was like, good, perfect. You know, so it doesn't usually work out that way. I was very lucky when it comes to a logo because um, I've started to realize yeah, this is all branding, isn't it? You got to build the brand and everything, and you need a decent logo. So a few years ago, um, local designer here, he's top of his game, does all the big corporate stuff, asked me to um, handle all the music at his wedding and um, just run all the music and play a bit. He wanted to sing to his wife. He wanted me to play guitar mm -hmm. you know, unexpectedly, uh, and he asked me how much I charge? And I said, mate, nothing. I'm going to throw that on the, the favor pile because one day I'm going to need a logo out of you. And yes. when, when time came, he did exactly that where he sent me a whole bunch. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the RH with the little thing. Yeah, it was actually a, an RH music, Rick Hollis music, but then he, he had variations and I, I just used the, that one. Apparently his wife came up with that one. She's a designer as well. Uh, he said mm. he had the whole bunch um, Claudio Curac, if anybody's interested, look him up. He's, he's fantastic. Um, he said he'd come up with everything and it was his wife at the last minute said, hang on, audio, that wavy kind of thing. Why don't you make the M out of that? And he's just like, didn't think of that. And that's the one I went for. Mm. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's cool. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Your logo looks good. Well, thanks, thanks, Pat. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's that whole networking thing we were talking about earlier, isn't it? Like, um, I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I do that a lot with people. I've got another friend who's great at video production, and over the years he'll ask me how much, and just like, on the favor pile. And um, yeah, when awesome. time comes, you, you call on those guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. Yeah, cool. very true. Dave, do you know of any? Well, mods? Rick, you know, 
Sorry, mate, you go. Uh, what was that? I was going to. I was going to ask you. We were just no, talking about. We were going to talk about the um, the JMP behind me and the ADA. Have you got any mods up your sleeve for those? No, no. The, the JMP sounds great. There's no need for any yeah. mods. It sounds really good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really, you don't think that there's any need for the mods because, like, I see like it's the mostly mod state. Oh, that's. Mm, don't get me started there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's some serious expensive modding. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see any. I, it sounds good straight out of the box. I think. Mm. I don't, I don't foresee on OD one, no base shift. You know, that's that's the the sound. OD one, no base shift. Taking notes. Yeah. One thing that I like about you, Dave. Um, a long time ago, when I was getting my Randall MTS modules modified by you. Um, is your, when something's good enough, you'll, you'll say it's good enough. You won't say, Hey man, I can mod that and make it sound better, uh, just to take someone's money. And I really appreciated that about you. Um, I had a few modules. One of them was the top boost, the Vox style one. And I remember you saying to me, uh, no need to mod that. That sounds good. Um, Yeah. But I did compare my actual module at a music store with the stock Randall one, the SL Plus. And everyone uses that description of taking the, the blanket off the speaker. Yeah. That was totally like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Revelation, cool. man. Revelation. Mm. Do you still use those modules? <laughs> no, I sold that a while back. It was just way too heavy. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what I would have sold that and got. I seem to recall having a... Baseman head around about the same time. Maybe I sold that and, and bought that an old mid-70s one. It wasn't that good. What I did get modified from, from Dave, though, I bought in the States was a um, Bandmaster head that I bought for next to nothing and had it shipped to um, Rack Systems. And I, I was asking around on, on Huge Racks Inc. If anybody remembers that forum, it's not a porn site. People used to see that in my history and go, "Hey, I know what you've been up to." So it's not what you think. Um, John Sir actually recommended putting a basement output transformer in it. Uh huh. Yeah, and then you also convert it to two forty for me, and then send it over. Um, so I was playing that for a little while. That that had a particular sound. It was too loud. I didn't have a decent attenuator. Yeah, couldn't turn it up to anywhere where I could actually get a good sound. Mm. Any dream amps you guys have owned that you um, really regret selling over the years? Oh, too many. Sure, I'm sure. Um, yeah, a whole ton of different old Marshalls. Uh, one in particular, I remember that, that there was this stripped 50 watt Plexi Marshall that has no Tolex. Uh, and it was modded by Dan Russell, who was the designer for Nailer Amps. And that amp sounded amazing. And why I sold it, I have no idea. Uh, I wish I could get it back. Um, that was a cool amp. Um, so several other Marshalls and things I wish I still had. And I, I, a High Watt 50 I wish I still had. Um, my original very first amp would... Fender Silverface Deluxe. I wish I still had. <laughs> the thing is, is I've sort of been rebuying some amps 
that I've wanted, you know, like vintage style amps that I've wanted and stuff. So, so, I mean, I, I feel like my little collection is kind of cool now. So, that's cool. Yeah. I um, the only amp that I really regret ever selling is a '50s Tweed Fender Champ. Oh wow! Yeah, I had. Uh, there's a local guy here, the guitar broker. Uh, he sells vintage gear, and this is back in like. 2004 2005 i bought for 500 bucks a tweed 50s champ and uh yeah it was great it was great and then at some point i don't know i just figured ah, i'm not really using this thing let me get rid of it sold it for 500 bucks and now you can't pick one up for less than 1500 dollars and uh and it was such a great amp man you just turn that thing on eight or nine not ten it started getting a little farty but it just said it was instant stones you yeah, know cool. it, it was such a great amp and uh and it was i, yeah. I used to have one <laughs> really yeah <laughs> you know any any tweed fender would be amazing yeah. to own but yeah i that that is the one one amp that i was just like god i wish i didn't sell that that was a stupid move um guitars i've i sold a prs custom 22 that was gorgeous uh but outside of that from an amp perspective i'm pretty well taken care of these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I had a valley arts guitar for many years that a guy hassled me to to buy off me and i eventually did um and that's one guitar i kind of regret selling um mm -hmm. he's still around i might hit him up one day when i'm a bit more financial we're just talking about those old those old Fender tweeds. Um, there's an interview on my channel with Louis that just tried to call me before, um, mm. where I had a '52 Tweed Deluxe and a an original '52 Tele here as well. Um, and man, to listen to him play through that uh, is was just yeah, stunning, sure. absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Great yeah, singer. That combination, and he's and he's such a player, mm, mm. you know. Absolutely. But yeah, there there really is nothing like. I mean, it, like people talk about taking a uh, you know either a hot rotted Fender Strat or you know or Les Paul through a Marshall. There's nothing like that. There's also nothing like getting a Tele into a Fender Tweed amp or you know like yeah. one of those old Fender Tweed you know Fender amps. Sounds amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. How about yeah. when it comes to modelers, guys? I know there, there is a different. I can hear it. Like if there's a commercial comes on TV on the on YouTube or something, I can hear straight away if it's a model or if it's not. Um, you guys got any opinion what the the closest one out there is at the moment? Oh boy, um, you know, mm, is that a can of worms you don't want to open? Well. I, you know, both can both can get great results. So I mean, wh when I say both, I mean the fractal Axe effects or or the Helix. So I mean, those are truly modelers where they're mo It's not just a snapshot of you know like the 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 Kemper is. Um, both can be quite good. Um, I know that Line Six did a quite good example of one of my amps 
in their uh, pack. Although I do feel that they're um, the IRs. You need to change the IRs. I mean, in a lot of these things, you need to find your own IRs and use them, and and it'll greatly improve the the tonality of them. But I mean, they're still fake to me, you know. But I mean, but but do they sound? Can they sound good? Yes, they can. Sure, you know. Um, I, but there's a little something that's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have a Kemper. Cool. So, um, you know, I kind of wanted to dive into that world as well. I love tube amps, clearly, um, but. You know, I use the Kemper. I keep it out in my living room, and I use it as kind of like my practice kind of thing. But when you really want to turn it up and turn it up loud and play loud, there's just a difference, much bigger difference. And I have it running into a 2 by 12 Mezzo Boogie cabinet with vintage 30s. Uh, it's a nice cabinet. Uh, I turn that up loud. There's a, a two-dimensional quality to it. That we were talking about before, when you play into Dave's amps, you know, you hear this harmonic quality. You hear, you can feel the tubes, you can feel it pushing air. I don't get that with the Kemper. So they're, you know, but they're like Dave said, they they can sound great. They really can, and and the right application. I love playing through it and practicing through it, but you know, and I probably would record with it. But would I play it live? Like if someone said, "Hey, look, we've got a gig." You know, and I have a choice of my three Friedman amps and the Kemper. Which am I going to bring? You know, I'm not bringing the Kemper. So, how about some of these um, floor units that are coming around now that have got power amps built into them? And I've interviewed a couple of guys in the last week: um, Hughes and Kettner, Thomas Blug with his Amp One, and they're they're telling me that they're analog amps, digitally controlled analog amps. Um, do you guys feel there's a difference in analog? Would you call that a modeler? I guess it's not really a modeler, is it? It's an amplifier built into a floorboard. Uh, yeah, it's not really a modeler per se. No, it's more of a part two, part solid state amp. Yeah. Uh, just like that Marshall is back there. Yeah. That Marshall JMP, you know, uh, which sounds great. Uh, so can it sound great? Sure. Uh, Thomas's stuff sounds fantastic, uh, I think. I mean, it's cool, cool products. He's a great guy. He makes a good product. Um, yeah, you know, it's hard to. Maybe there'll be a Friedman floor pedal one day. Yeah, I, mm. I take it digital. Something you you're gonna avoid. You're gonna stay with a a true. Yeah, we're more analog. Yeah, yeah, analog more hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I have Thomas's amp one. The uh, mercury edition not the mm-hmm. not the new metal one the that's the i think the iridium yep. um yeah. yeah and it sounds great i keep that in my garage you know and uh whenever i feel like getting loud in the so garage what's in the bathroom yeah, i was gonna say you've got uh, something you, you got the kemper you got the kemper in the living room you got this one in the garage so yeah you, you need um, like a little helix stomp for the bathroom <laughs> what what i use at home these days is this thing back here Oh yeah, that's that. I've seen you play that thing. That's super cool. Yeah, I've I've been using this, which is an ampl- yeah. an amplifier uh, built into a guitar. It's got all the effects and yeah, yeah. 
they're a California company, Electrophonic. Um, uh-huh. And this is, they've got what's called the Model 1, which is nice and shiny. Um, but this is called the Guitar Modillo. Um, it's got a scratch-proof Impervacote uh, coating on it. So, Cool. Yeah. It took a tumble off my couch uh, a couple of weeks ago. And if it was a Gibson, it would have snapped the headstock off the way it fell. But... Um, no, it, it didn't. It survived unscathed. Um, nice. All yeah, right. the guys let me specify a custom a few things on that. Um, I asked for a maple board. They gave me bird's eye. It's nice. Just see it in there. Yeah, down to the, the color of the grill cloth in there. Marshall style knobs. Um, mm-hmm. What else did I pick? Black hardware. It's great. It's just rechargeable batteries go in the back here. Huh. Oh, wow, look at yep. that. Cool. Yep. So I'm going to have to have the guys back on. Um, unfortunately, that was probably like my second interview that I ever did. And we made the mistake of sound checking it all the day before. Uh, it was all cool. And then we logged on the next day to do it. And they'd moved. They didn't do it from the same place. So they went and set up from their home. And they had it all cranked through the stereo so they could hear everything and the echo. I didn't know at the time, but when I look back, it was like, oh, man, that's, that's unwatchable. So I have invited yeah. the guys back on to, to do that again. Um, I, I actually have had a sh- We had a show like that, too, um, with Santiago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have him back on again because that, that episode, it's so hard to listen to because his room was so boomy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it happens. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah. you do you do enough episodes. You learn. Yeah. Well, Rick, you know. Rick, unfortunately, I have to go. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, no I mean, I don't, I hate cutting you off. Yep. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. I, I might round things up anyway, Dave. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to, I, I see that, you know, two hours is kind of a, as long as I'd want to watch something myself. So, um, I just want to thank you guys. It's been great. I was, yeah, it's the oh, reverse, yeah, no, it's been awesome. The reverse, just, reverse tone talk, or as I like to call it, the... <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's that. great. I can't repeat that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awesome to have us on, man. Yeah, thank you, th- thank you yeah, guys. Thank you um, very much. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't had anybody say no except for one local player. Um, I got a not at the moment from Jason Becker's dad um, because they're being very protective and keeping an eye on Jason Becker, but um, no nose yet, so you can only put it out there, can't you? And cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Awesome. So, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and if you yeah. haven't seen Tone Talk, you know all about the guys now. The guests that they have are absolutely fantastic. I sit there and I learn, and it's my version of TV, and um, I just want to thank the guys again. So, 